this? This is, this is Diversified Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And of course, AL. And today, we're going to take you from around the world to the courtroom. We have a criminal defense attorney, Deanna Taylor, who also is the senior staff writer at Travel Noir. Yeah, you're Travel Noir, the number one spot for black travel, also connected to Blavity.com. And she's also an author. And she can check out her blogs at brokenandabroadlife.com. But Deanna Taylor, what's going on with you? Welcome to Diversify Game. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I I wanted to have you on because we love to um, educate and have our guests learn about all these different behind the scenes or in front of the camera jobs, but we know everybody cannot be in front of the camera. And what was impressive about you, not just that you were a staff writer that I was pitching a story to that, thank God it it went is that you are also a criminal defense attorney and an author. So uh, tell us, you know, what did you fall in love with first? Was it law or writing or was it, you know, at the same time? Tell us your story. So a little bit of back, uh, background on me. Um, I actually went to undergrad and my degree is in computer science. So wow. after doing, right, <laughs> after doing uh, an internship, probably around like my sophomore junior year in undergrad, I was like, yeah, I can't see myself behind the computer coding, you know, 40 hours a week. That's just not my thing. Um, law had always been like in the back of my mind. Um, So literally, I would say around the end of my junior year of college, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to law school next. Um, Just kind of like on the whim, started studying for the LSAT uh, early in my senior year of college, just went through it, took the LSAT, started applying, got into a few schools, um, and decided on North Carolina Central University School of Law, which is a... uh, HBCU, uh, so a historically black law school uh, here in North Carolina. Um, practiced for several years. Uh, I would say around, well, at this point, I'm going on my ninth year of practice. Um, and yeah, just midway in between, I fell in love with travel. Um, hadn't really traveled in, you know, my childhood. Uh, first international trip was in 2012. That's when I got my passport. And I just fell in love with the world, um, and I just started writing about it, and it became a thing. Um, and from there, like, things just kind of took off from having my own blog. Um, I actually moved to Korea for a year to teach English um, and actually ended up writing for a tourism board in Korea. Um, and then that's how the Travel Noir job came about literally two months before I moved back to the States. So I would say, you know, everything just kind of falls in line for me. I wouldn't say I fell in love with one over the other first, though. 
Wow. Okay. Okay. Cal, you hear this? Cal, you listening to this, Cal? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm, I'm hearing it. My, my, my completely blown. <laughs> like, like, you know, what would you say contributed to, I guess, your life taking uh, the direction that it did? Was, was, were these opportunities something that you were open-minded to, or you just happened to be, you know, one foot in front of the other, and someone's like, hey, would you be interested in this? And you're like, okay, or... So I guess you could say with me, um, yeah, I'm a very, like, I'll try anything once type of person. But also okay. a lot of the things that I accomplished early in life, so computer science, getting into law school, uh, becoming a lawyer, a lot of those things actually came from a negative part of my life, which was, uh, you know, people basically telling me I couldn't do things. So it was always for me, like, haha, like, watch what I can do. Like, I'm going to show you, and I'm going to, like, exceed your expectations with me. So those things kind of, you know, happened that way as far as, like I said, computer science and law. So as far as law, it wasn't necessarily a love. Um, still, I'm, I'm licensed now, but I would say that writing currently is my love. Um, and so with that... It has been a one foot in front of the other. Like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, you know, applying for the opportunities, pitching ideas to different companies, brands, things like that. And pieces of advice that I ever received was in high school, a high school band director. So I was a, a band geek back in high school. But he always told us, you know, there's only three answers to any question that you'll ask or anything that you'll seek to do. And that's yes, no, or hell no. And so I literally applied that mindset to everything. And I'm like, well, you know, if I go for it, the worst they're gonna tell me is hell no. And, you know, because I know that in the back of my mind, I literally like have no fear when it comes to just going for things that I want. What's up? That's definitely what's up. Um, okay, I'm gonna be jumping around a little bit, Kel. Don't mind me. I'm, I've got so many questions on the brain, considering uh, <laughs> what you've been through. Um, in terms of travel, um, I know you mentioned uh, South Korea. Uh, where are some of the other places that you've been, and which place do you like the most? Um, so I've been all over the world, actually. Um, I literally, at this point in my life, travel at least once to twice a month, and that's mostly international. Uh, but I would say my favorite favorite of all time is Cuba. Um, and I know our current administration is trying to put those restrictions back on that President Obama listed. So I was lucky to, you know, get in there um, when things were a little bit more freeing for us to go as American travelers. Uh, but just the authenticity of like Cuba, the people, the food, the vibes, like, Everything is just like so dope. And while, you know, I would say 80% of the population only speaks Spanish, I literally took a solo trip there for five days and had to speak Spanish probably about 80% of the time. Um, but I still like had a really, really dope time. Um, I would say runner ups, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the Maldives while I lived in Korea. Um, I definitely couldn't afford to go there from the United States, but um, from Korea, it was only a $350 flight, so I couldn't pass that up while I was there. 
Um, and it literally looks exactly how it looks in the pictures. The overwater bungalows, like the clearest, most a shade of blue water that, you know, you'll ever see in your life. Like it's just a whole nother experience. And then I would say third, um, would definitely have to be uh Diani Beach, Kenya. So um I traveled there in December for my birthday, um, this past December. And so Diani is off like the south uh coast of Kenya, uh in Africa. And again it's the same ocean as the Maldives, so the Indian Ocean, and again, like, the media, whatever, they will never show you that side of Africa, but it's absolutely breathtaking, yes. Wow. No, they won't show you, yeah, they won't show you that side of Africa, and so you, we know you wrote about it, do you take any um, video or do any YouTube while traveling? So I was supposed to start a vlogging uh, while I was in Korea um, just to, you know, document that experience as well as my travels while I was in Asia um, because my schedule over there was very lax. So I got to travel a lot. Um, But no, I have not officially started my own YouTube. I just currently have my own blog and then I do a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of my stories too through Travel Noir. so yeah, but um, I keep telling myself I need to do it. Uh, the most I do right now is like 60 second shorts. So I'll do like 60 second clips of like certain trips and put that together. Okay, okay. I, 60 second clips, I mean, short, you know, some people love long, some people love... Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, well that's... No, keep popping. She's going everywhere. So now we want her to give the game on how she makes that work because um, is she, you know, reimbursed for travel? Is it a full-time vlogging situation since um, she's not currently, you're not currently, you know, uh, doing law? How do you make your money? Because you definitely, and I want everyone to go to your Instagram, Broken Abroad Life, this is what a real traveler looks like. Not an Instagram girl who's in every city every other week and, and no Fake one else son. is around her, you know, and she doesn't have <laughs> friends and she's just out there with her, her cheeks out. No, this is a real travel. You see her scuba diving, which I, that's something I love to do. We got to get you on a bull because, um, you know, not running with them, but on, on top of one. But talk about how a, a full-time blogger, uh, travels and is it on a budget? Cause I, and and do you even have a home as much as you travel? Because we've we've had travelers on here who they basically you know Airbnb all around the world. So yeah, so with me, um, so technically I do still practice. I'm actually like about to go to work after we finish this. Um, so but luckily, like the kind of work that I do currently is basically I'm an independent contractor. So I make my own schedule. Um, I can go to work when I want, and I don't have to go to work when I want. Obviously, you know, if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. Um, but it's very flexible, and it allows me that freedom to travel a lot. Um, and then with my what type of lawyer gig, is that? What type of lawyer is that? Uh, well, it's called e-discovery. So basically, we are like the middleman when like these Fortune 500 companies are going through these like giant lawsuits. Um, and we kind of do like the the middle work of helping them prepare for it. Um, so I don't know. I would say 
corporate, maybe. <laughs> it doesn't really have like a niche because we do everything from pharmaceutical cases, a lot of banking cases since I'm in Charlotte. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a well-versed lawyer, I would say. I mean, criminal defense and traffic are kind of like my babies, but I've done a lot of like, you know, uh, review contracts, all that kind of stuff. So I do a lot of different things, um, just no family law and no like employment and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, keep that away. But yeah, so as far as the um, writing gigs, I actually write for two uh, publications. Travel Noir, obviously, uh, where I'm the senior writer currently. Um, and with them, I actually write a lot. Like, I don't think people realize how much I write because we are a content-heavy site right now. Um, and I know people just know Travel Noir from the Instagram, which is kind of how they became popular posting people's travel pics. But we're actually a, a written publication as well, um, where the articles are, you know, live on our website. And they also get shared throughout all of our social media platforms. So with them, on average, I write anywhere from the lowest that I'll write in a week is 12 articles up to about 16 to 17 in a week just for Travel Noir. Um, yeah, so that's a lot. <laughs> and I get paid per article. I ain't going to tell how much I get paid, but I get paid per article. So uh yeah um and i can be anywhere in the world doing that so literally when i travel my little pink macbook comes right with me um and as long as i have wi-fi you know i'll sit up you know in my hotel coffee shop wherever and i'll write uh same thing goes for the publication i write for in charlotte so i'm based in charlotte north carolina that's my hometown that's where i'm from born and raised um and i'm back here now um but i write for a publication called charlotte five so it's kind of like one of the trendier, you know, things that are happening in Charlotte, new businesses that are opening, events, et cetera. Um, so I literally interview CEOs, business owners, everything, you know, who are bringing businesses to Charlotte. Um, and I basically share that news with our readers. Um, and for them, I write anywhere between three to five articles a week. And again, you get paid per article. So I average about 20, 18 to 20 articles in a week. Um, and, you know, that allows me to travel um, and bring in income no matter where I am in the world. Um, for instance, I just came from Cabo last month um, and I was really sit on the beach in Cabo. Luckily, AT&T has given me like a free phone plan where I can, you know, make calls in Mexico and Canada now. So I was literally doing interviews on the beach in Mexico and getting paid for it pretty much. Um, so yeah, that's my life. As far as a house, I actually like live at home, I guess you can say, just because I do travel so much. Um, after I moved back from Korea in August, so I came back last August, uh, I just didn't see the point of getting an apartment, um, again, finding the lease, only because the plan was to go back overseas for another year. Um, but unfortunately, like my mother got sick, so I decided to stay home. She's fine now, um, but uh, she was sick, so I stayed home, and then it just kind of turned into a thing of, I don't want to pay this high-ass rent in Charlotte. Um, yeah, so I'm not, <laughs> and I'm going to focus that money on using it to travel, um, but I'm I'm barely home. Like, I would say half of, I guess, my Instagram following don't even know that I live in Charlotte, uh, technically. 
um, because they're like, well, you're never there. You're always somewhere. So it just wasn't a, a smart, I guess you could say, to throw away my money on a lease um, when I'm basically on the go so much. But yeah, um, writing brings in the majority of my money. And then like when I feel like I need, you know, extra coins or whatever, you know, I'll pick up projects in, in the law uh, space. Um, because again, it allows me to also make my own schedule as needed. Yo, no, Kel, the ultimate hustler, ultimate hustler, bro. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, out here, oh, yeah. out here oh, yeah. getting, out here getting it with no problems. And 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 getting it on her terms, it, you, right you know, word. You know, I, I remember uh, Bishop Don Magic Juan saying he loved that he can open and close shop anytime, but see how you can do that on the legal side, folks, because we really like to do <laughs> these shows for the, the, the young people who say, you know what, I know I want to do something special, something different, and um, you are definitely doing it. Now, what would you advise the young writers, you know, because writing has changed. I started off with writing and, and I mean writing was a good thing back in the, you know, the, the, the day, but then it took a turn and now you have even people, you know, writers on Fiverr, you know, to get just so they can get enough stories, which we got to use technology, but you know, it's supply and demand. So what would you advise the young writers or even maybe the middle age or old writers, if they want to get in to write, you know, and get paid, what are the best ways of doing that, pitching themselves and, you know, skills they need to master? Um, so I would definitely say, because I get this question a lot just in my inbox where people are like, you know, I want to be a writer, but I'm scared. I don't know how to start. Um, and my thing is, like, start with your own blog. Like, even if you have one person that's reading your story, that's all you need. I mean, literally, that's how I started off with just, like, oh, I went to, you know, Vegas, I'm going to write about it, and, you know, what I did in my day, and, you know, I started with a basic word, uh, WordPress site, um, you know, one of the free WordPress sites, because there's a difference, there's the free WordPress, and then there's real WordPress, which I just learned within, like, the last year and a half, but um, started with the free basic WordPress, set up a little blog, uh, made posts, um, you know, posted about it when I would write, you know, built a small following initially. And it just started with people like, I love the way you write. It's literally like I'm there or, you know, like you're just talking to me, like we're sitting in a room and you're just explaining where you went. Um, and so my first or second piece of advice is write how you feel. Like don't try to copy or mimic, you know, your favorite blogger because it's not authentic to who you are. So be authentic in your style. Um, you know, if you want to write about, you know, playing with kittens, I don't know. Write about that. Like, somebody is going to need that somewhere. Like, you'll be surprised what, you know, is out there. But, you know, stay authentic to your voice, to your niche, to what you love. Because if you're trying to just write about stuff that you think is popular just for the sake of getting picked up, you know, your, your writing and your work, you know, I hate to say it, it's going to be trash because it's not true to who you are. And you're just basically pulling stuff out the air for the sake of, oh, let me try to get clicks. Um, as far as, you know, picking up the paid gigs, 
it, it just comes with time. Like I blogged for free, for, I would say two to three years, just on my personal site, no intention, you know, of somebody, you know, hiring me. Sure, it was in the back of my mind of like, how can I monetize this? And I started with like, you know, uh, what is it? Google ads and, you know, things like that. But contrary to popular belief, unless you're pulling in, you know, 25,000 plus views, you know, those clicks don't really make you a lot of money from those ads. Um, and then, you know, if you build a, a large following and a large viewership, you know, there are sites out there um, that will basically run your stuff on their site to get you those clicks that you need. Uh, I know a big one is called Media Vine. Um, so media, exactly like, like it sounds, and Vine, like Tree Vine, V-I-N-E. Um, but I know like their threshold is, I believe, like 25,000 views in a month. And that could be one story that hits 25,000 views and bam, you can apply to them. Um, and I know people who make, you know, a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars a month um, by being under sites like that. Um, and then, you know, pitch yourself to, you know, publications. Um, of course, smaller publications or publications who are just, you know, starting out, they won't necessarily have money to give to contributors. Um, but, you know, it's all about exposure in the beginning. And I know a lot of people shy away from, oh, I just want to, I'm giving my stuff away for free, but you'll be surprised of who your, your work could come across one day um, just by getting exposure on different sites. Um, and then, you know, just be mindful, you know, look at Instagram pages that post jobs. Like I know there's a site that I just followed recently on Instagram. I believe it's called like Black Girls in Media or something close to that. And they post constantly for brands, businesses, you know, websites that are looking for writers, that are looking for, you know, uh, digital content people. Um, and these are paid gigs. So just, you know, always staying, you know, knowledgeable and, and doing the work of actively looking to uh, apply to these places. Because we're in the digital age. Everybody's looking for something in the digital space, you know, 24-7, you know, everything from being like social media marketers, which basically means you run people's Instagram pages, like who doesn't want to get paid for that? Um, so just always being mindful and, and looking at these brands, reaching out. Um, like I tell people, they see all that's happening for me in their life, but you always get told yes. And I just want to say that's not true. I would say for every yes that I've, I've gotten, I've probably had five no's. Um, so you just kind of have to get that in your mindset that everybody's not going to rock with you in your work, but there's going to be somebody who does. So you just have to keep pushing, keep going, and, and just going for it. And always remember, yes, no, or hell no are the only three answers that you'll ever get, and you'll be straight. <laughs> you need a shirt. <laughs> need a shirt <laughs> a part of your travel you know merch right there um, sh sh shirts uh whatever else clothing al i know you got a question as a as a writer yourself um who you know is is heavy on the instagram uh post you know i'm, I'm gonna shut up and let you let you go Oh, what you mean you gonna let me go? Can no, I, I mean let you a... let you ask a question i know you got a question or a comment because i mean you know you put a lot of time into your IG. 
Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. That's probably a little too much, Cal. <laughs> uh, but no, no, definitely want to say, folks, when you, when you and as you are listening to this, make sure you rewind this section back to take it back about two minutes. So many gems were dropped. Make sure you take notes. A lot, lot of key things right there, going to help you advance from wherever you are to get you to that next step. Um, I would say, um, or I would ask rather, just in terms of as you were uh, making your progress as a as a writer, uh, I guess what allowed you to I guess, trust in the process. Maybe not just for writing, but just in just in general, because it can be really really tough mentally for folks, especially how we're living in 2019. Everybody's like, yeah, I want it now. I want it like this. I want, I got this microwave psychology where if I don't get it, then I'm packing up the tent, packing it up. And, you know, people get discouraged a lot easier. I find. Right. So for me, um, I would say my faith. So I'm Christian. I do believe in God. And I would say like that keeps me grounded a lot. Um, you know, just knowing, you know, the old cliche saying, like, what's for me is for me. Um, and I kind of just, again, use that too to push me through life. Um, you know, like I said, for those five no's, um, you know, for a second, I'll be discouraged or upset or sad, mad, like, dang, you know, this brand passed on me, like, I'm dope, you know, like, you know, you're dope, um, but it just happens, and, you know, you have to remember what is for me is for me, and literally, like, when I remind myself of that, I would say instantly, I'll see something, you know, to come out and show me that opportunity definitely was not for me, um, and then as soon as I, you know, move past that, still grinding, still going, the next opportunity comes and it's perfect. Um, And so you just kind of have to, you know, take your moment, you know, if you, you know, something falls through, something fails, you know, take your moment, you know, be upset about it, but don't dwell on it. Don't let that like make you lose your momentum and, you know, fully, fully make you like drop out the game. Like, no, Um, everybody's out here hustling, you you know, you're not the only one. So, you know, as, as a lot of people are saying now, there's a a thing like, you know, you don't have to be the first to do it, just try to be the best at doing it. And so, you know, sure, it didn't work for you. But now like tweak some things, you know, figure out what's going to work, but like just always keep going. Uh, it's inevitable like something's gonna work out for you Um, but just for me like I say my faith keeps me grounded um, and just always keeping those gems in the back of my head that that people have dropped to me um, in life Um, no definitely that's no the the faith you know we, we 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 talk about uh, faith as as believers over here and you know people get that um it's that common thing i don't think we've had someone who said yet yeah, i'm i'm an atheist and you know i am god i am king so because you know if, if they did i'd be like wait if you if you're an atheist how can you be something you don't even you know believe in but um but no that that that's beautiful we we like to ask in our, our closing uh, question um, you know, what your community give back is that you're doing or that you want to do. 
in the future. And I definitely want you at, at, at the end to let people know about your social media and your website again, just to remind them. Okay. So you may answer the give back. Give, give back. Yeah. What's your, what's your give back, uh, you know, to the, okay. the community or communities that you are in? So for me, I love children. Um, but the funny thing is like, I can't say that I necessarily want kids, but um, I just love children and especially like children of color and just seeing them excel and succeed in life. So for me, I'm constantly like donating money to like different causes, whether it's sending kids to basketball tournaments or, you know, I volunteer at the nursery in my church occasionally. Um, you know, anything I can do to pour back into a child's life just because for me, I didn't always have that. And I know the importance of you know, young children of color kind of having somebody else who believes in them, who cares for them, you know, so that they too can like reach their dreams and go after their goals and ultimately like change our world, hopefully. Um, so that's a big part of me. Um, I typically don't announce it a lot just because I'm one of those kind of like behind the scenes uh, givers. Uh, I don't have to document it on, on the gram every time right, but right. that's a big part of of me and also you know giving back to like the homeless um in meaningful ways uh so such as like doing like a hashtag lunch bag so basically i'll gather a group of people will buy a bunch of lunches snacks bag them up and go hand them out um so different things like that and then just now like just hopefully trying to inspire the next generation or, you know, just being mindful that if people, you know, reach out to me on Instagram to ask questions of how to get started, then I'm actually answering them. Um, I know we all get busy and it may take me, a, you know, a couple of days to get back to people, but like I actually try to actively, you know, inspire people, you know, when they do ask the questions because, that's the only way we're all going to make it. Like there's room for all of us. You know, I know a lot of people are all about self and I got to get it first and that's fine. But once you do, like, as you know, people say, reach back and help somebody else get it next. So, you know, answer the questions, you know, go into that little private Instagram DM people who aren't your friends and see what people want to know. Um, and just try to engage with people. Um, so those are big for me. But as far as finding me on Instagram, um, as the guys mentioned, I am at Broke and Abroad Life. So Broke, B-R-O-K-E-A-N-D-A-B-R-O-A-D-L-I-F-E. So Broke and Abroad. And again, that just started for me traveling the world for cheap. Um, so hence broke and abroad. Um, and that's why I'm on Instagram. Uh, my stories are always coming across Travel Noir. So you can always follow Travel Noir. Uh, it's not my page personally, but that's who I write for. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, um, guys, definitely, definitely. I, I, I love to hear that. And um, it almost sounds like you might need a rebrand right now um you know rich and a broad life just because uh <laughs> you know you're making yeah, yeah rich in rich in thought rich in faith you know what i mean all, all, all that you know um 
but um, it's 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 beautiful, and we love to highlight these the stories. So, folks, definitely go check it out. Go check out her her book, and um, you know, j- just just be inspired by how you know she she turned. I mean, her passion into her, you know, her her her, her purpose. I, I guess you would say, and she's making a profit. So, yeah, we're gonna say the rich in a broad life, but y'all know what it is. <laughs> it, man. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. (laughs) So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgames.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and or like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and A.L., the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content. Of short it's just capturing the moment because I feel like with the social media and how travel has cheapened now um, to just go places, even Africa, you can, you know, find deals for under a thousand dollars. If you're looking, um, you know, prior to the trip, it's like black travelers are taking Africa to a whole, um, giving it such a different lens because when you would see white folks or Asians, they always, you know, would go to the village and that's all they show you. But we're really seeing the cities and, and, you know, with, with most of our travels, there are some YouTubers who only like going to the village, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it's necessary and it only fits what you're doing um, because you have the look to be on TV do I really? <laughs> well, we, and you know you have the look because you you wrote a book about your fitness, you know. And and, and please talk about the book and and what pushed the book. But I know that fitness is a important thing to you since you wrote a book about it. Tell us about it. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the book it, it took me quite a while to finally put it out there. Um, but another side of my life and backstory. Uh, So I actually grew up uh, overweight, like majority of my life, Uh, literally from elementary school through law school, I was considered morbidly obese, excuse me. Um, And that was, you know, according to a doctor. Uh, And I guess in my mind, you know, typical Southern Black mentality, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not fat. I'm just big boned and clearly that's not a thing, but you know, that's what I told myself for most of my life. Um, So finally, you know, I I made the decision to say, okay, it's time to change, you know, especially after a doctor telling you that you're morbidly obese at the age of 22, 
um, which means that I was at a significant risk for, you know, health uh, issues, you know, heart disease, and possibly even death. And no 22-year-old wants to hear that. Um, and I'll admit, you know, initially, as a 22-year-old, again, um, I was like, you know what, they don't know me, you know, this doctor's lying, because the doctor said I would need to lose at least 70 pounds to be, like, in a healthy range, pretty much, at that point. And so I'm like, in my mind, 70 pounds, like, I'm not even 70 pounds overweight, like, again, my mentality. But finally, just sitting back and really processing what she told me, um, I said, okay, I need to change. And the last semester that I was in law school, going into the time that I studied for the bar, I made the decision to incorporate literally 30 minutes of walking into my everyday routine. Um, and it was a definitely an everyday thing while I was studying for the bar because my schedule was very, very strict during that time. Um, and after that summer of studying for the bar, so it was about 12 weeks of studying or 10 to 12 weeks, I noticed that I lost about 30 to 40 pounds just in that that uh, time frame. So once I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, so this is possible. Um, you know, I have to keep going from there. And literally, you know, keep going is what I did. I, you know, moved back to Charlotte after law school, immediately got a gym membership, stayed very, you know, consistent in exercising. And it became to the point that I had lost around about 85 pounds total. And I had, you know, luckily toned up pretty nicely. So a lot of people were like, wow, like, how did you go from point A to point B? You know, typically when people lose weight, obviously they don't tone up as easily. Like that's always the hard part um, over losing the fat. And so from there, you know, so many people started reaching out like, hey, can you train me? Can you help me? What did you do? but I didn't feel like I had the proper knowledge. So studied, became a certified personal trainer, uh, picked up jobs at the YMCA, things like that, started helping others, uh, went on to compete in actual bodybuilding competitions and actually placed in them, which was still insane to me. Um, and then just, you know, wanting to share that journey. So many people were like, we want to hear the full story, the full story. So after back and forth of literally five years, um, I finally decided to sit down and write about my life from being overweight as a child and just, you know, facing a lot of, I guess, emotional and mental abuse at the hands of people very close to me um, and how that played a part in, you know, me being overweight most of my life. Um, and then, you know, just my journey of, you know, mentally overcoming all of that to push through, lose the weight, become a bodybuilder for a period of time to train people um, and to just, you know, live my life the way I want it to in general. So the book is called Everything Within Me, and it's an emphasis on the thin. Um, and yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like, literally just giving everything that I had to become who I am today. So, yeah. Dope, dope, Kyle. We got a good interview this morning, Kyle. We got a good interview. Not oh yeah, we got morning, a, We got a Jill of all trades. I mean, she'll pick something <laughs> mm -hmm. up just to you know master it and be like, ah, this is law. Okay, I'm done with it for now. But you know, <laughs> that, that that's a. <laughs> 
who who gave you that drive? Because we're PR folks, we're consultants, we're, you know, marketers, whatever people want to call us. And we have that that drive of, you know, just tasting and seeing what works. But um, I know, you know, our parents, I think, at the end of the day, um, put that in us. Who put that in, in you? And, you know, when you were growing up, were there any, I mean, you said you were kind of driven by if people say something negative, but did you have a positive influence that kept pushing you to do more and do more to this day? I don't know. I would say for me, it was a lot of my teachers, um, especially my elementary school teachers. I guess they saw something in me early. Uh, I started with my kindergarten teacher, Ms. Brandon. Um, and actually, like, she, her mother grew, uh, lived across the street from my grandmother. So I knew my kindergarten teacher before I even went to kindergarten. Um, but she knew that I was a special child, I guess you could say, early on. So she would literally have me come in and lead story time for my classmates in kindergarten. So I was reading before kindergarten. So I would be the one reading to my classmates at story time in kindergarten. Um, so teachers like that just kind of, like, pushing me to, like, do things that you know the average child or especially a black child would maybe be afraid to do um and then i would say like my next teacher was my third grade teacher um and again just always you know pushing me to go the extra step when i kind of wanted to blend in with my classmates and just be regular um and so that drive early on to show me like hey like you're a little bit different you know from you know the average person and that's okay, you know, because of course, as a child, you don't want to get picked on or, you know, stand out or get called a nerd or whatever. So you kind of try to mask and hide a lot of your talents. Um, but as I grew older, I was just like, you know what, F this, you know, like, I can shine if I want to shine, like, who, who's going to stop me? Um, and so I guess like those, you know, moments early on just always resonated with me to like, just keep going, just go for it. And then, like I mentioned, the the advice from our high school band teacher of no matter what you do, the worst you'll hear is hell no. So kind of like those three things coupled together just push me like all the time. Okay. Oh, okay. No, that's um. I'm I'm curious to know. You know, after you lost all the weight, did you? feel that you had more confidence and just, you know, in, in life and that, you know, nobody would discriminate because, you know, it's proven when they say, look at research, whatnot, they say, Oh, you know, the reason why everyone's beautiful in Hollywood, that's what people want to see. That's what they want to be around. But when you lost the weight, did you feel like, okay, I'm going to really show you guys and, you know, and, and start, you know, really flexing out here. Was that a game, a, a game switcher? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, only because, you know, once I lost the weight, and especially after doing the bodybuilding competitions, like, you know, at that point, your body is like in its best shape it'll ever be in when you train for one of those. But afterwards, you kind of go back to like a normal look. Um, and for me, it was a mental struggle of like seeing the pictures, Although I know, you know, I'm nowhere near where I started from, you know, you're like, dang, I'm not as ripped as I was, blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of like a gift and a curse. 
um, because you're always striving to achieve a certain look or to be a certain way. And, you know, once you hit it and then like that kind of, you know, peels back, you know, mentally, you're always like, dang, like, how do I get back? And so it's, it's just one of those things. So like I said, it's a gift and a curse, but I definitely say as far as opportunities and people paying me more attention, yeah, obviously after I lost the weight, that happened. But uh, I can't say that for me, it's been like, oh, this like dope ride of like, I'm the, I'm the ish or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you have that mental struggle still in the back of your mind of like making sure you always look a certain way to keep up the, the appearance. Okay, yeah, get bit by that that beauty bug, which you know that outside beauty, we know it all it'll all fade for for all of us. Um, but you know, it's really what the uh, what the that inside and, and and your purpose. You know, you know, an ugly person is one who doesn't know their purpose and just just living. And and so you know, you, right now your 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 purpose is travel. Um. So that means you've had to, you know, gone to New York. AL is from New York. So we want to know your, fa- your, 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 you know, have you really discovered New York and some of your favorite spots out there? <laughs> okay. So my last trip to New York was actually like a nightmare. So <laughs> this may not be the best, the best questions. So I've been possible. several times. Yeah. That's I've been possible. several times to New York. Um, but I literally just went uh, in March. Yeah, I was there in March. Um, it was just for like a little weekend trip to visit some friends. But it was more so the people that made the experience bad. It wasn't the city in itself. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a very interesting trip. That's all I can say. But I will say that Sweet Chick in Harlem, so the place that Nas co owns or whatever, uh, it's pretty good. I do get to try that. Uh, this time around, okay. so it's a, it's a pretty dope spot. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Huh? I got a little, little love for New York. I'll take that. <laughs> Boo to, to the people. Hopefully, they got their act together since then. Mm, I, I don't know. We are no longer friends. Uh oh. Uh oh. One, one can hope. One can hope. <laughs> um. So, go ahead, Kelsey. Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. And I was going to say, just to, like in terms of uh, travel, um, what what are some of the uh, the next places that you're looking at um, in the state, abroad? Like like you've, you've you've been to a lot of places. Like what 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 do you have your eye and your and your heart set on right now for immediate future? So this uh, so this year, like I said, I'm scheduled right now to travel at least once or twice a month. Um, okay. but my bigger trip, so, so far this year, um, I went to Australia in March. So I went to Sydney. Um, I actually have a homegirl that lives out there doing her thing in, uh, marketing and branding, um, for a company in Australia. So I linked up with her and I actually flew out to Cairns or Americans will say Cairns because of the spelling. It's C-A-I-R-N-S, but it's Cairns. Yeah. Um, because that's where the Great Barrier Reef is. So I actually went uh, scuba diving, and I know, again, black girls don't do that, but I do. Um, so I actually went scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef, and I would say that was, like, probably one of the dopest experiences I've ever done. Like, you legit feel like you're in 
this giant fish aquarium um, and you see Nemo, you see, you know, all the things that we see on TV and dream that scuba diving could be. Um, uh, next big trip, um, have a work trip or they call them press trips. Uh, next month, um, I'm headed to, there's an all-black cruise. Um, and we did a story about it at Travel Noir. Um, they sell out once a year out of Fort Lauderdale. Um, and they hit uh, four ports. So Puerto Rico, uh, the island of Tortola, um, Dominican Republic, which pray for us on that one, and then Key West. Uh, so I'll be doing that. And they have, like, some dope, you know, Black entertainers that will be on board. You know, of course, black people is all about fashion. So they have like every night is a theme night as far as your attire. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then after that, I'm headed to Tokyo for a week in September uh, to meet up with some homegirls uh, from Korea. Um, and I've been to Tokyo, but my first trip was very short because it was just like a weekend trip out of Korea. Uh, so this time I get to spend a little bit more time there. Um, and I'm hoping to do the human Mario Kart uh, through the streets of oh, Tokyo. Uh, yeah, so that's I'm really dope. excited about that. And then uh, October, I'm headed to Europe, so I'm flying into Paris. And funny thing is, I'm actually not excited about Paris. I know that's kind of like every wow. woman's dream. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's like every woman's <laughs> dream place, but it's just never <laughs> been on my radar. <laughs> I'm a different traveler. But, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's never been on my radar. But the flight from Charlotte, there was a flight deal out of Charlotte and Atlanta that I came across. Um, and okay. I actually posted about it on Travel Noir, and it, like, it did numbers just because. But literally flying from Charlotte or Atlanta to Paris for $295 round trip. Yeah. So stop, that's stop. the – Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, so that's the only reason why I bought it, because of the price, obviously. Um, and so I'm going to probably – Hit Paris for like a day and a half, see the Eiffel Tower, you know, maybe the Louvre, uh, something like that. Uh -huh. And then I plan to hit a couple other spots. So like Amsterdam, um, and then I'm still kind of pulling together uh, my route. Um, but, you know, London possibly, but London is pretty expensive. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I plan to hit probably like three or four countries within the week uh, that I'll be there in Europe. And then November and December haven't been planned, but I always travel for my birthday in December, so I'll be somewhere. Uh, Colombia in South America is definitely on the radar. Um, but I'm thinking that I'm going to, like, rent an apartment out in Bangkok and just, like, ball out for a month in Thailand because it's cheap and just hop around Asia again for a little 